It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, boy, I love it, love it. Yeah. I love it, love it. Yeah. I love my HBCU. And man, yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I tune into the HBCU sports lab to see if my team won a lot. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouth. But if they won, she tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Yeah. Talkin they about. can press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot. Yeah. And who the ball? So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes, sir. and pay attention, Boy. cause he gon' teach a lesson. Yeah. This is Dr. Ville's Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike. Washington Charles Bishop Mike Washington is still on the sign, still in the Brazil. He did finally show us and send us some pictures, Charles. As you know, in terms yeah. of his hotel, looking at the beach, the beach and the mountains and things of nature, really nice. Yeah, really nice. So Brian, as you said, we gotta comport ourselves in such a way that we can find a way on this trip with him. You know, <laughs> next time we go. Uh, like this. I, I don't know whether, it, whether it's freaking fly miles that we need to partner with them or somehow so we got to negotiate this better. We got to figure yeah. out this partnership. Got to figure and out a way to get down there. Exactly. He's not here with us, but we got Brian for, uh, to give a little bit of his time since he doesn't have to worry that he's not over there in Brazil. He, he's, he's in the U.S. <laughs> Thanks for the reminder, Doc. Welcome to episode 458 of Inside the HBC Sports Lab radio show and podcast, the show that's covering the sporting HBC dash with all things HBC sports. For institutions large and small, from the NAIA to the NCAA, we share insights and information on the HBC sports culture, HBC athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBC athletic programs in the business of HBC sports. I'm your host, Dr. Yadikaville, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. We are filming from our home studios and sending a signal live to our Case Waste 1230 M studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Fame in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. With that being said, let me officially do this. Charles, how are you doing today? Doing well, Doc. Doing well. Got a lot of news to get to today with regards to uh, HBCU sports. So, uh, ready to dive really? into it. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> with that being said, Brian, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Doc. I'm looking for an agent. 
I, I got to find me one of these agents that can get me one of these uh, big contracts. So when you want to get rid of me, I got a big time buyout. I can still get paid and sit on the beach and be in Brazil with Mike Washington. Uh, I'm trying to find me a new agent. That's, that's not a bad point. That is not a bad point. If Great it has point. to happen, it's good in a position where you got a contract and money covered in. It's the worst thing in life. And unfortunately, some folks have experienced the worst part of it more than the other part of it. With that being said, Charles, let's get back into it. Before that, let me say today's episode of Inside the HBC Sports Lab is sponsored by THG Agency, LLC. THG Agency is a company that provides sporting and educational consulting and data analytics. Again, welcome to episode 458. Uh, we are here in filming from our home studio, sending a still alive to Case Waste 1230 AM studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Fame, a multi-Hall of Fame in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University for Houston, Texas. Charles, it's on to you. Yeah, let's get right into it. Uh, of course, news making the rounds today in HBCU uh, Sports News. Southern has decided to fire uh, football coach Eric Dooley less than two years uh, into his tenure there at Southern. The school later made an announcement in a release uh, this afternoon in which uh, athletic director Roman Banks thanked Dooley, uh, but said he recommended to the university leadership that a change in the leadership of the program was necessary. And this is a statement from uh, Rowan Banks after a thorough and continued evaluations of all components related to the Southern football program. I have recommended President Chancellor Shields, Board of Supervisors, Chairman Myra Lawson, Athletic Chairman Attorney Damone Rutledge, that a change in the leadership of the program was necessary in order for the Jaguar football to reach our full potential and expectations of our football program. We appreciate and thank Coach Julie for his time here at Southern and wish him the best in his future endeavor. So with that statement, that is the end of the um, Eric Dooley uh, tenure there at Southern. It's amazing when you really think about the irony, as tough as it is. He probably landed this job when he was the head of Prairie View and he went down to Southern on their homecoming and won that game and really beat him up pretty bad. And then he loses his job coming off of the game against Prairie View where he is head coaching Southern and loses to Prairie View with many of the players and uh, many of the staff that he brought down to Prairie View with him that didn't come with him. Uh, just the irony of how that works out in two years is, is very strong. The other thing that fascinated me when you see this is, you know, ADs, VPs of athletics say they make this recommendation. And as I know in the business, it's very seldom that the AD is actually the impetus for a move like this, whether it's the president, boosters, fans, whatever you want to call them. Exactly. You know, it usually goes from that perspective, but the direct uh, leadership team is the one that actually has to make the call and then put up the paperwork, even though oftentimes it's not what they think like that. So fascinating when you think about higher education in that practice. Brian, what's on your mind? Uh, I, I mean, are we so? I mean, are we talking? I'm sorry, are we are we talking duly or are we talking elsewhere? Because right oh, yeah. now, that, that I mean, I had a comment, so if you want to make a comment, you're welcome to make a comment on that. Well, before I, you get I, into some other news, yeah, I, I think what's interesting about the whole departure, um, everyone's got to be looking at Roman Banks because you got rid of Dawson Odoms, who had been there for I, I mean, almost a decade. And, yeah, maybe he didn't win as many of the big rival games as you wanted, 
but he still had you in the hunt, in contention. You won a title with him, um, and you thought you upgraded. You thought you upgraded. And so, obviously, that decision, you quickly pivoted and realized that was not a good decision. So now, somebody within the administration or boosters, well, probably more administration, let's be real, uh, but I know the boosters are probably screaming all day, any day, every day. Um, but administration has got to be looking at him saying, okay, Roman, who's going to be this next hire? We need to get this one right. Mm-hmm. Because we got rid of Dawson Odoms um, to go to Eric Dooley, and we get rid of him in, what, the middle of – you're probably – well, I, you know, I, from, from what I've been hearing, you probably wanted to get rid of him sooner than a year and a half or almost the end of two years, right? So, and you got two years left on the contract. So, you're going to be paying him, I read a report, almost 600 something thousand dollars for the rest of his contract. And then we got to go and find somebody else. So, we need to make a good hire, not a good hire, a great hire. Who's that going to be? Got to knock it out the park. You got you got to hit a home run, and and we all know guys in coaching that is so hard to do. There's so many factors that go into that, right? That's where the pressure lies right now. I mean, you know, I I think the that's got to be a tough hiring process. You know, um, hopefully for Southern sake, they don't have an 18 member selection committee to go through this process to try to find their coach, and that they let Roman Banks or who knows is will Roman Banks have the sole Will he be the sole decision maker or will there be others? I see, I see you shaking your head, Doc. <laughs> so that, and that's a tough spot to be for Roman Banks. Now you've got to be, you're beholden to a bunch of other people because this hire didn't work out. So, you know, winners and losers. Hey, winner, Eric Dooley, you get to walk away with 600 some thousand dollars. Win. And you don't get to really do it. You don't have to do anything for a year and a half if you don't want to. Loser. Roman Banks, because now the heat really is on now. The heat is really on you. Great point, and I can't belabor this. And we got some other news we want to get to. We might have to back it up, uh, part of this. But I think the discussion is important. Uh, we like to talk about the business side of this, so this is an opportunity. I think what you point you made, Brian, we can even complicate it further from this perspective. One of the things I always recommend to presidents who own contracts, chancellors, ADs, VPs of athletics, and coaches uh, at our level in HBCUs at the FCS level is usually the football coach, oftentimes the basketball, men's and women's, and most recently sometimes the baseball coach. That's why it's so important to try to stay ahead of your contract, always trying to make sure that you're in a position that you can sign the extension, particularly if you had a place to be. because the second issue that Roman Banks is going to have is the fact that the president that he has now is not the president to hire him. Oh. So that makes it a challenge in regards to what you're talking about, Brian. Not only you may have a president or a chance to talk about you got to get it right, it's not necessarily somebody that uh, trusts that you can get it right mm-hmm. because it's not the person uh, that you – that brought you in. Now, obviously, if you're under contract, the nice thing is you get to work towards that. You get to work the trust of the individual that is currently the leader of the administration. So that's where it gets challenging 
in a lot of these positions that you're not always doing this from that perspective. Uh, in that, and then the other thing in the HBCU ranks is very rarely that a ADVP has the opportunity to make the hire. As yeah. you alluded to, oftentimes it's committee, and usually that's the committee around higher education. That's a committee across the campus, academics, uh, <laughs> uh, staff, and oftentimes those are folks that do not have expertise in athletics, and they gonna have their hands in this gumbo without the expertise. And with all respect to presidents and chancellors, oftentimes they'll make the decision. They don't have the expertise. That's not their area. They are good at higher education, understanding how to manage budgets oftentimes, uh, the politics, the faculty line of how they goes, all those things, how to deal with politicians from the boards. But athletics, particularly about understanding uh, what goes into a head coaching no matter what the sport, that's not that area. And they tend yeah. to make the decision. And we wonder why, how often we get this wrong. And then it falls on the AD of VP. And oftentimes they didn't make the decision. It wasn't a recommendation they made. Yeah. And the way this usually goes, you got a committee. They put three on the table. From those three, the VP of athletics, AD, may take those two or three, add somebody in there. And we have a president say, well, put this person in there. And then oftentimes they fold up those two or three, maybe take one off, add one, and then it goes to the president and chancellor. Then let me complicate it more. You got these boards. Oftentimes you have people on boards that have who they think should be the coach. They have no expertise mm -hmm. in this area. And so even the president, oftentimes the president is beholden to the board that says this is the how you make. So it can get extremely complicated in higher education about making a hire, whether it's football, basketball, you know, the schools, some schools have more history in basketball and football. So it can go really intriguing in terms of what they look like. Well, so, obviously, obviously the conversation now turns to uh, where do you look uh, in terms of the next head coach? And uh, always the question is, do you look within the my HBCU hopes, ranks? My hopes is if you're in this position, as I said, this was leading up, and they say great ADVPs, they always have a short list of candidates. So I hope mm -hmm. there's already somebody that you kind of massage, got some ideas, reached out on the back channel uh, that you have talked to that may have an interest in the job that will fit the budget that you're looking at bringing somebody in and has the characteristics of the things you want. So Get the culture it should well. be a short list. But again, you can have the perfect person. And the other people may not want them. So I don't even know how much that matters in terms of what that person looks like because you got so many people in the pot. So it doesn't matter whether you're going outside of HBCUs, inside, and it's an unexact sign. So we've seen all these hires. We've seen people do it traditionally and they get it right. We've seen people not do traditionally and they get it right. We've seen them not do traditionally and they get it wrong. We've seen them do traditionally and get it wrong. So it doesn't matter. There's no perfect sign uh, how this so, thing so goes. Let me, I, I, let me ask this question, Doc. Does it? How difficult is the process when you have a unique, a unique culture? I mean, this this Southern fan base is a loud, Ooh. aggressive fan base, uh, and, and and you know, I of course, you know, the first cousin Jackson State. I've lived through this. So, uh, how difficult does the process become? Even when you're looking at coaches within the HBC ranks, 
looking outside of the HBC rank? How difficult does the process become? I think that's even a better question and a great question. The richer the culture, the more traditional the culture is in terms of their expectation of winning, i.e. FAMU, Jackson State, Southern, just being frank with you, Ramblin' State. You might even dip in there uh, to some of the uh, cousins out there in the MEAC, Tennessee State, for example. The more challenging it becomes because the more people that are going to have interest in the higher and more people are going to think they know what's best for the institution, regardless if they have the experience or not. So it becomes more troubling. The biggest thing that you have now that people don't even want to focus on, which is the blessing and the curse, uh, the celebration bowl. And the money that's a part of that that's heightened all of it, all that money in there, the new television money associated with what um, the commissioner has brought in, that brings in the angst. And now you got more people trying because they want their hands on the opportunity to get that big bag. And it shortens the window of expectation with the transfer policy, what happened with Coach Prime, what is happening with, with Coach Simmons. Even though he's been at FAMU in a while, people just see his lens of being in the swag for a short period of time. So the ability for them to win, it looks like it's short. So now you shorten the expectation of what it means to bring a, build a team. And so your expectation is we see Dooley didn't get full two full years. Wrong or right, it's just changed. This landscape has totally changed. So what have you done for me lately is more significant than ever before. With that, let's take a break. We'll come back on the other side. We'll get a little bit of this news and we'll get right back into some of our normal dialogue in terms of poll rankings, uh, games of the week, and things of that nature. Great discussion. Thanks for bringing it up so we can get into it. We'll be right back after this break. Nope. Nope. Come on, him. Ooh, I like him. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Quicker Picker Upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the Quicker Picker Upper. That's a pretty tight spot. Watch this. Of course your beard parks itself. That's so you. It's just up here on the right. Of course you know where we're going. That's so you. Kind of got six cents. And a head up display. Here. Hit the field, warm up. You brought all these players in your Buick? Yeah. So you. It is. There's a Buick that fits your life because at the heart of every Buick SUV is you. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is always Ultra Thin's reinvented with the always triple protection system. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. 
Compress the analytic data with your hip hop If you know them like I know them They gon' tell you if your team If they wanna love yeah. And who the ball, who the ball So listen to Professor Yes sir, yes sir And pay attention Boy. Cause he gon' teach a lesson yes. <laughs> This is Dr. Bill inside the HBC Sports Lab Boy I tell you these breaks man We get a lot done during these breaks Let's get back yeah. into it Charles what's the uh, news of the day In terms of weekly honors yeah, let's take a look at the Swag Football Weekly Honors. The Swag is named Texas Southern with Derrick Owens and Jacob Williams, along with Prairie Views, Efren Jasso, McCool Cookman's Markai Shaw as the Swag Football Players of the Week for their impressive performances this past week. Let's take a look at the Offensive Player of the Week. Ladarius Owens, he rushed for 211 yards on 24 carries and three touchdowns in Texas Southern. Huge upset win over Alcorn. He also became Texas Southern's all-time leading rusher in all-time single season rusher during the contest. And kudos to Ladarius Owens. Defensive player of the week, he was Jacob Williams. He tallied nine tackles with a tackle for a loss, a half sack, and a pair of pass breakups in Texas Southern's 44-10 win over Alcorn. Specialist of the week was Purdue's effort. Jasso, he contributed three points for 100. 42 yards while averaging 47.3 yards per punt with a long of 50 yards during previews 27-21 road win over Southern. He also placed two punts inside the 20-yard line for the Panthers. And a newcomer of the week, uh, Bethune Cook was Marquise Shaw. Uh, he finished the day with 12 carries for 109 yards, averaging 9.1 yards per carry in just his second appearance of the season against Alabama AM. The true freshman. Uh, he contributed a 52-yard touchdown run in the fourth quarter as the Wildcats completed a comeback win over the Bulldogs. They were down 14-0 in that game and came storming back. So kudos to all those players for SWAT Football Weekly Honors. Certainly kudos to all those players. I want to give a special shout-out to Ladarius Owens as you talked about becoming um, the history, uh, setting history at Texas Southern University. 2,970 yards, as you said, career totals. Also single-season record, 1,226 uh, Thomas Say held the previous all-time total for yard career record from 1994 to 1998. Going back in the history books a little bit, shout out to Ladarius Owens. Uh, with that being said, let's get into some MIAC football honors, Brian. Yes, indeed. The MIAC announces weekly football honors presented by Coca-Cola. Howard quarterback Quentin Williams named the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference Player of the Week presented by Coca-Cola. Norfolk State's Taron Mallory earned Defensive Player of the Week honors, while Howard's Gavin Harris was the Rookie of the Week, and Norfolk State's Garrison Wheatley. And Morgan State's Jordan Tolles received Offensive Lineman and Specialist of the Week accolades, respectively. Williams, what did Williams do? Well, all he did was record a season-high four touchdown in Howard's win over number seven, North Carolina Central, also number one previously, number one in Dr. Gaville's Inside the HBC Sports Lab poll. Uh, he completed 23 <laughs> of 33 passes for 277 yards and three touchdowns, rushed four times for 15 yards with one touchdown. Mallory of Norfolk State is a defensive back from New Haven, Connecticut, was the first player in Norfolk State Division One history to record three interceptions in the Spartans' victory over Dell State. Uh, he totaled two tackles with one pass breakup in the team's first conference win of the season. Uh, Mr. Harris, Gavin Harris, is a tight end from San Antonio, Texas. Uh, a freshman, he registered a career-high three catches for 41 yards 
including an 18-yard touchdown reception in Howard's victory over North Carolina Central. Uh, Wheatley, the offensive lineman from Norfolk State, uh, from Johns Island, South Carolina, graded out at 85% on his blocking assignments as he anchored the Spartans' offense that recorded 459 yards, including 285 on the ground. Uh, He recorded five pancake blocks and five knockdowns. Somebody get that man an NIL deal from Denny's, please. And Tolls, the defensive back from Baltimore, Maryland, uh, fielded the ball on special teams and broke several tackles to finish off the improbable 73-yard score with 444 left in the game to seal the Bears' win and ruin the last home game for Buddy Pugh at South Carolina State. Unbelievable. Great job by Tolls. Great job by Morgan State. And they just created another Miakish weekend uh, for <laughs> us all. So can't wait. Can't wait for Saturday. Can't wait for Saturday. Boy, Will said, shout out to the Miak Football Award honors as we had chaos in the Miak. And not to be outdone on Sunday, we seem to have chaos, at least in the Western Division, uh, in the SWAC as well. With that being said, I want to show a little love to the women's side soccer. Quietly, one of my favorite sports as people may or may not realize, particularly at the Division II level. Um, the Lady Bears win first championship in soccer program history. The Shaw University women's soccer team captured its first championship in the program history. The Lady Bears topped Edward Waters 3-1 in win in the inaugural NCAA Division II Independent HBCU Tournament title in Durham County Memorial Stadium. Team captain Victoria Hines led the way with one goal and one assist for Shaw, which has won a season-high 14 games. Hines, a three-year player, believes the women's soccer program, which started in 2017, took a major step with the win. 2023 has been the best so far for the Lady Bears as they finished 14-4-1. Shout-out to Edward Waters starting the program. They were in the Finals, Virginia State has a program. Yeah, Bluefield State uh, that's also out there in the program. Uh, Edward Waters defeated Bluefield State 5-2 to two, uh, to make it in the round. And Lady Bears, as you see, they defeated Virginia State to get in the championship game. So I'm excited about this news. Just stumbled across it and wanted to give a little love out there. With that being said, let's get into our next break so we can come back and talk about those polls. Brian told you who was number one. Uh, number one went down, so we see if they can find a way to stay there. Or do we have a new number one this week? <laughs> I wonder who it may be. With that being said, let's go to our next break. We'll come back on the other side, and we'll get into it and let you know, starting with the mid-major first one. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk, chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. 
Mangos Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mangoes Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. As technology continues to bring changes to the world of education, it's time we also reimagine teacher professional development. Gone are the days of one-size-fits-all learning that can only be accessed at a specific time and place. The Stride PD Center is an on-demand library of mobile-friendly courses that allow educators to learn anytime and anywhere. Our dynamic courses provide bite-sized learning and help educators advance their knowledge while also gaining professional development hours. The best professional development plans are those that include a level of flexibility and choice for educators. Whether you're a teacher, school, or district, visit us today to take charge of your learning. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. The Cuvée. Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want a lot left. And who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor Yesa and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Mike Washington is out on assignment, but we have none other than Professor Bishop and Professor Fulford. With that being said, we're going to get in the major division. Before we do that, I did want to shout out, we'll talk deeper on this on Thursday, give a shout out to Benedict and Virginia Union that made the NCAA Division II uh, tournament. Uh, we'll talk about where they sit and potential uh fans that they have and what are their opponents. Benedict, as you may or may not know, has a bye as they were number one seed in their region. And Virginia Union will uh, play Shepard and see what it looks like. They were shipped out to a different region. We'll talk a little bit about how that happened on Thursday in regards to uh, travel being one of the issues that allowed the NCAA committee to slide them from one region to another region as they were ranked in that region that probably threw up a lot of folks off. With that being said, uh, dropping out this week in terms of the poll ranking are none other than Albany State Golden Rams that fell in the SIEC championship game, 6-5 to, to Benedict. 6-2 uh, is how they finished in, in the conference. Florida Memorial also dropped out at 6-4, 5-2, uh, as they lost against the number six uh, program at the NIA level. That being said, as you see receiving votes is Allen Yellow Jackets, 7-3, 5-3, 121 points. Also receiving votes just under them, essentially at the nine spot. It's Albany State Golden Rams, 6-5, six 6-2, and, six and, and, and 11 points. And then you have Florida Memorial Line, 6-4, and 5-2, uh, filling out the top 10, essentially with 107 points uh, in receiving votes category. Let's get into the top seven. See who jumps in this week. Jumping in at number seven 
is Tuskegee Golden Tigers. They are seven and three uh, as their season is complete now, finishing with a conference record of six and two, 129 points. They were not ranked last weekend, but because of the teams that below them fell out, they were able to recategorize at 129 points and jump in the top seven. Just like number six, Miles Golden Bears, who finished also finished the season with the same exact record of seven and three, six and two in the conference race as well. 138 points. They were not ranked, but they jumped in the top seven. Brings to the number five where things will stay calm and stay the same. John C. Smith Golden Bulls are seven and three, six and two, 140 points. They stay at number five, as well as number four. Virginia State Trojans finished the season at eight and two, six and two, at 144 points, ranked number four. At number three is Fayetteville State Broncos, eight and three, eight and zero, oh, 163 points, finishing the season at number three. And at number two, you have Virginia Union Panthers, as we talked about, will be in the Division II playoffs, 10-1 and one on the season after winning the CIAA championship as they defeated Fayetteville State. Conference record was 7-1, and one, 180 points, and they remain at number two. At the number one spot uh, are the undefeated Titans, 11-0, 8-0, oh, as they did in the conference race, as we said, winning the SIAC championship over the Auburn State Golden Rams. Nine first place votes, 189 points, as they unanimous maintain that unanimous number one spot, week number 11, which means also you have the Florida Beach Bowl, which will feature a matchup uh, between number five, Johnson C. Smith, and Fort Valley State just outside of the top 10. With that being said, let me go to you, Charles. What are your thoughts in terms of the mid-major poll ranking in week number 11? I think the top three, the top four uh, were set, you know, in terms of taking a look at Benedict, Virginia Union, Fayetteville, and Virginia State. Now, I'm taking a look at the Beach Bowl representatives, uh, and then I'm starting to take a look at the bottom two uh, with regards to Muskegee Muskegee and Miles. Uh, As far as those receiving votes, hmm, who would I have dropped out? I would probably would have dropped out Tuskegee uh, for uh, an Albany State in terms of uh, looking at a team that although uh, they they take a big L in the SIAC championship game, they, they get they get that bowl bid, so I, I probably had them down there at seven. You'd like to see Fort Valley at number seven? Yeah, I, I want two rank I want two ranked teams down there in the beach ball. <laughs> <laughs> ranked teams. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, things keep calculating. We'll see what it looks like. Uh, as we do it next week, it might work out, might not. We'll see what that looks like. But good point. Brian Fulford. And they, it's not like they don't have an argument. I will say that before I go to Brian and see your thoughts in terms of similar records uh, of what that looks like in all the nature there. Uh, with that being said, uh, let me go to you, Brian, in terms of what that looks like. But before I do that, I will say that Fort Valley is sitting at 11. So they're just outside of that top 10. So they're not far out of there in terms of their record being 73 and 6 and 2. But Brian, uh, what are your thoughts when you see the gluttony of all these teams at 6 and below, I guess you could say? Well, Doc, I I guess the only people who saw value in Fort Valley State besides me who had them ranked (laughs) more was the people (laughs) from the Beach Bowl. So I am not part of the Beach Bowl selection committee. I want to. I want to. Perfect. I want to say that loud and clear, even though it's here in Florida. But I guess we saw Fort Valley State for their for for what they were 
which is a a deserving team. So Charles, if if uh, the rest of the voters had had, had thought like me, you had that matchup, and Fort Valley State would be in the top seven. You know, I had them ranked fourth. I so I I must clearly have thought way more Fort Valley, uh, except for the Beach Bowl. So we'll get a chance to see them. I'm excited, happy for them, and uh, you know Johnson C Smith. Uh, you know, I had them, I'm just looking at my rankings. I had them nine, uh, or no, yeah, nine. But, you know, anyway, uh, them getting an opportunity to go, being a number five seed, I mean, hey, it's it's deserving. I mean, like I said, what when you look at the, the number of teams that are six and two in their conference records. Yeah. And, and you're trying to figure out uh, who is value, who is worthy. I mean, it's it's hard. It's hard to kind of look at this and really try to say who beat who well this team beat them but then that team beat the other team i you know so fort valley is the only one i look at and say wow really nobody saw value in fort valley you had them 11 wow <laughs> that's hardcore i know brian because i i watched the show i didn't get to catch it live last night as i was doing work over here <laughs> in houston <laughs> Catching up with, if you would, the Texas Southern Tigers taking it to Alcorn State Braves uh-huh. in what became the Sunday afternoon massacre. Sunday massacre. Down the top seven. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but I text you all day as if you wasn't in class talking about, hey, as y'all got me talking about. I say, man, hold on. How are you going to have Alcorn up there over Prairie View and Prairie View beat Alcorn? And, when he's, and this is the bad thing. He was making an argument. And Alcorn was going to be over somebody else because they beat them, and they had the same record. I said, "Man, uh, you know, homework." They just look at one week and a week before that. They don't go back to the rest of the season, boy. Yeah, I, I talk about you something bad. But I try. I, I I know you did. I know you did, Doc. But see, that's why I try to look at the body of work, and I looked at the body of work, and maybe by the body of work, rather than just one week or two weeks or one game or the fact that you beat somebody on a last second field goal. I, I try to look at the body of work and determine, you know, who's what. And, and that's why I did that, you know, so. Before we, before we go on this break, we'll come back and talk about some of these games. But when we get to the major division after the following uh, break in discussion, I do want to give you and commend you that you had great dialogue. You didn't really get to talk about it, but I thought it was perfect discussion and I want to get both of you all thoughts on this before we leave the show today. He said top three in the MEAC, essentially Howard, North Carolina Central, and Morgan State versus the top three in the SWAC East, FAMU, Alabama State, and Jackson State. Who do you put over the other? I was like, woohoo, I see now that. It's some meat on the bone. And they were so Late in the show, they couldn't get it into it more. But I was like, oh, I'm going to borrow that one. Particularly, I got Brian on the show. We really can get into it. Let's get into our next break, and we'll get into a little discussion of the games of the week, and we'll save some time to make sure we answer that. Before all the lab listeners out there, you can start the discussion now. Let me know. Top three in the MIAC or top three in the SWAC East? Where's your money lay? We'll be right back after this break. A Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences 
which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvay. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. You see, Head & Shoulders has a scalp shield technology protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. We're never not working. Number 15? That's my rub. Ooh, nice. Never not working. Never, ever, never, ever not working. Welcome, everybody, to Juneau, Alaska. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head & Shoulders scalp shield technology. You're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics. There's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Impress the analytic data with your hip-hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to love love and root about, root about. So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Professor Bishop, Professor Fulford. Let's get back into it and talk about some of these matches. Obviously, we are outside of the mid-major classic games, so we're going to add in some of our major games as bonus, both in the MEAC and the SWAC. We'll start them today. We'll get into to the Division II playoff on Thursday. We'll talk a little bit more about those matchups, but we're going to go heavy on the major division today. HBCU SWAC major division game of the week. Bonus, if you would. Bonus game goes to Jackson, Mississippi. Mississippi Veterans Memorial Stadium. Saturday afternoon, November the 18th at 2 o'clock p.m. ESPN. Some teams will be playing, but a lot of people will be watching. Mm. It'll be a top five matchup uh, between rivals that go back uh, to the dawn of time, it seems. Number five, Alcorn State Braves, coming off a tough loss on the road at six and four, five and two short week, uh, but need this game to stay in the race, if you would, in terms of the West Division. As things shake out, they are tied with Prairie View. After Prairie View got a big win over Southern, it looked like in many ways, may have been the final straw uh, for Coach Dooley in terms of him being relieved officially of his duties today. Uh, And Prairie View had the head-to-head victory over Alcorn State uh, on the road with the last-second field goal, if you think about it. Well, Jackson State has had that word. They've been playing really good football. They had a tough loss to FAMU. I don't want to get into the debate of whether that's a robbery or not. We'll let other folks decide that. The number four Jackson State Tigers 
certainly know this is a rival. They're seven and three, five and two. They have an outside shot at the playoffs and certainly would like to win this game uh, to state their case of what that looks like. I teased this out the other day uh, with North Carolina Central, and that's our other MEAC bonus game of the week. They're still in the mix for a celebration bowl, but it looks more like that may not happen, and they're squarely in a position to get a playoff. Well, things work out. You put in a bid. Jackson State gets in. Send Jackson State over to the Central. Or Jackson State may say, hey, we got a bigger stadium. We'll pay bigger bucks. We'll host it. Send them over here. <laughs> anyway, you would get a rematch of last year's Celebration Bowl. Uh, T.C. Taylor, coached at North Carolina Central. Uh, young coaches taking over their program, moving success. Boy, it'd be an intriguing matchup. So if we can't get in the playoffs, maybe we can find a way to get it done in a non-conference game. Just play home and away. I don't know. Maybe that's too much work I'm putting on the ADs and VPs of athletics, but we can all drink. Really what we want to focus on is this matchup, though, between the Braves and the Tigers. Well, who better to give us some insight into this than none other than Charles Bishop? Yeah, I mean, uh, you take a look at this game, and of course, uh, that this type of rivalry, you throw these records out. Uh, I think uh, Jackson State paid a lot of attention uh, to Ladarius Owens running through that Alcorn State defense this past weekend. And, and that was one of the questions that I have, Coach Taylor, with regards to the health of Irv Mulligan, because I believe it gives Jackson State a completely different look uh, offensively in, when he's in the lineup. He is a, a tough, hard, physical running back. And uh, his health, I think, goes a long way towards helping that offense click. Uh, because I think uh, Jacoby Morgan's lack of experience at quarterback uh, does has reared his head at times because Jackson State's offense will go dormant. We saw it go dormant uh, for, for stretches against Pine Bluff. Luckily, they had built enough of a lead. It went dormant for stretches against Texas Southern. So I, I think his presence uh, gives them a, a, a tr- tremendous advantage. Uh, I was surprised. Uh, that Alcorn was not able to throw the ball uh, against Texas Southern. That's something that they they have been doing very well this season. Uh, And you're talking about an Alcorn offense going up against uh, the leading secondary in the nation in terms of picking, uh, 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 in terms of interception. So I think you got a lot of things that kind of favor Jackson State in this game. Uh, but to me, it comes down to the running game. Can they be more physical than Alcorn? Uh, Can they be as physical as Texas Southern? Because I think Texas Southern, Quietly has been one of the most physically dominating offensive lines all season. So can Jackson State do that? They'll get the W. Charles, is it still just a sweet with Alcorn being tied with Prairie View and obviously they need Prairie View to lose and win versus if they had won last week and they needed the win to maintain the position where Jackson State could have knocked them out officially yeah. in the Western Division? Yeah, does it um, still matter that much? I I think it still matters. I mean, this is this is uh, <laughs> a, 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 an unbelievable rivalry. Oh, when you talk about, I, I think uh, will it take away a, a few fans? Yeah, but I'm still expecting forty thousand in the bet uh, this weekend with regards to Jackson State and Alcorn. So uh, I think in 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 regards to that, Texas Southern Alcorn might have been a, a blip on the radar, but the fan bases are still going to be out there in force and that you know. Alcorn loves nothing more than knocking off Jackson State. There it is. Brian, get you into this rivalry and get your thoughts on it. Obviously, this is not as new as it could be to you. It's your third edition of this, so you've seen a little bit and heard a little bit. But what are your thoughts on this matchup? Charles kind of focused on the offense of Jackson State versus the defense 
of Alcorn State. What are your thoughts on the vice versa side? The Braves offense versus the Jackson State defense, and then any place where you want to go in terms of this matchup as well. I think what's interesting uh, to, to look at for Alcorn is that in that loss where pretty much you were out of it at halftime, right? I think we all kind of felt, eh, it's not looking good for Alcorn. Quarterback Aaron Allen played the entire game. Uh, he threw 40 passes. Uh, no other quarterback came in. Uh, so, to me, Coach McNair leaving him in uh, in, in that contest and, and letting him and letting the team just kind of go through that butt whooping and deal with being out there, it, it's got to be a sobering but motivating thing going into this week of practice. Um, Jarvion Howard. Only rushed for 41 net yards. Nico Duffy only had 12. Um, you know, I I felt really good about this Alcorn team over the last six seven weeks. I, I really yeah. feel like you know, yeah. and, and so this is I'm I'm excluding the first two games, right? I'm I'm taking that out of the mix. I mean, yes, they counted on the record, blah blah blah. But since that, when they really kind of found themselves. It, last week was the first time that they really, I feel like, got punched in the mouth over and over, like UFC style. You know, in boxing, you get hit, you fall down, and you get tink count. UFC, they hit you, and then they stay on top of you, boom, 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 boom. And then, you, and then officials got to come in and say, whoa, 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 that's enough. <laughs> that's what happened to Alcorn, is they got UFC beat down, right? So, whoa, wake up. Now Alcorn is going to get a chance to play uh, Jackson State. And, um, you know, I I think they have a, a, a better than a puncher's chance on the road uh, against Jackson State, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, I, and I think I'll say this. It's interesting, you know, I was going to ask, you know, Charles, and he, he brought it out, you know, does Jackson State have the running game to duplicate what Ladarius – Owens did two eleven. I mean, if Irv Mulligan's not playing or not healthy, I don't know who's going to do it for for Jackson State. With all respect, I, I, now that Mulligan is dangerous, but yeah, I, I think they've been doing running back by committee, and 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 the running backs have been doing an admirable job. I think Ahmad Miller is much in the mold of an Irv uh, Mulligan. He's a hard runner that runs in between the tackles, but. Undoubtedly, uh, Mulligan is just a, a, a different individual back there. Like I said, it gives this offense a, a different look, and I believe it opens up things downfield. Uh, but his health is just one of those things that I'm uh, really paying attention to in regards to this guy. And I Good love stuff the fact. From both of them. I, I look one last thing. I love the fact. Like I said, I'm, I'm new to this, but I love like this is this is for that state championship. You know, the, the state of Mississippi HBCU who gets to wear the state champ crown and all that stuff and. But just the fact that this game means literally something to both teams. I mean, for Alcorn, yeah. it keeps you maybe it, it is what you need to to get to the championship game. And then, like Doc said, I, I didn't really think about Jackson State having a shot. But, I mean, look, with 24 teams getting in and when it comes down to finances, well, Jackson State should put in a bid. They definitely should. They should be on the radar fussing, telling everybody in the FCS, hey, look at us. Look at us. I mean, we're in the best. We're over here in the SWAC East. Look at us. You got a SWAC East team ranked number seven. 
look at us. I, that's what they need to be yelling all week and next week. Yep. Good good points. Good commentary there. With that being said, um, this is probably time before we go to the next game, and I'm coming back to you, Brian, to talk about this as we shift to the MEAC, uh, is I loved on the show yesterday, y'all broke down and, like, literally went through the framework of deciding who was still in the mix and then realized that Graham had an opportunity and ultimately could be the team to coming down there. They to hurt your feelings that Prairie was going to win it and put all that back, so you're just going to see them again. I know y'all don't want to see them again, probably for a different reason. But with that being said, yeah, with that being said, in all seriousness, um, Alcorn, the Braves need this game. Uh, they can yeah. win this game. Yeah. Prairie View slips up, uh, then they're in the warehouse and they're the ones traveling to Tallahassee. If Prairie View wins, regardless of what happens because of the head to head tie bracket, then they're in to. Uh, on, on the trip to Tallahassee, I should say. People didn't realize it until late, and I had to tell everybody out there, I got to officially shout out to Andrew uh, of Sports Communication, um, Associate Commission over there with the SWAC, giving us the heads up. And I thought about it, and I was trying to tell everybody, but he gave me the official breakdown of the tiebreakers. And if both teams, meaning Prairie View loses, Auckland loses, then we have to wait two weeks until the Bayou Classic. Yeah. And Grandin wins. And now with the changes of Southern, the Grandin folks are feeling pretty good about their chances in that game, even though it's a rivalry game. So just when you think you had the advantage, it can fall apart. We saw that last year literally when Grandin made a change with a coach, acting coach in that matchup a couple of years ago. And they were able to win and beat Southern uh, in terms of that matchup. With that being said, if both teams lose, you have a three-way tie, um, and it falls out in such a way because of the head-to-head tiebreakers that it falls out that Alcorn is the first one out, then it comes down to Prairie View and Gramlin, and because Gramlin has the head-to-head against Prairie View in a two-team race, then Gramlin goes. Oddly enough, Southern is right there. Southern could win that game, and if Southern wins, there's a three-way tie for the division title, but they lost to both Prairie View and Alcorn, so they out. So then the tiebreaker comes back to Prairie View and Alcorn, and we just talked about earlier that Prairie View won the head-to-head, so they go. So, again, Prairie View win, they're in. If Prairie View lose to Alcorn win, they're in. Both lose and Gramlin wins, they're in. If both lose and Southern wins, then Prairie View is in. Now, correct me if I'm wrong real quick, but wasn't Terrence Graves the interim coach for Grandma uh, when they yes. made that coaching switch? Okay. How unique is that? <laughs> wow. And now he was literally wow. on the other team doing the same role for the Southern Jaguars, seeing if he can get his second win. Right. Exactly. This time wow. for the squad. Fascinating to see how it works. Let's take our next break. We'll come back on the other side and give you the major division top ten. So many storylines out there to talk about. Fascinating. When we just thought things were closing up, they get interesting. We'll be right back after this break. T. Madden and Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden and Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash. Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. 
Call T. Madnet Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123. This is Brian Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to love yeah, and root about, root about. So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. Before we get into this major division top 10 poll ranking, I do want to sneak in the mid MEAC bonus game of the week. Uh, that is in Durham, North Carolina, Old Kelly Riddick Stadium. North Carolina Central Eagles are hosting Delaware State Hornets that are 1-9 on the season, 0-4. Uh, I have them in my total rankings of the 21 uh, HBCU FCS programs at number 19. Uh, their only win is against Virginia Lynchburg. They've had some close matchups, but not so much last weekend against Norfolk State. Uh, you have number two, North Carolina Central Eagles, that fall 8-2 uh, uh, and two on the season. Uh, they are 3-1 and one in terms of the MEAC race. They fall to number 14 in the FCS ranking, so they still have something to play for. Obviously, if Howard loses against Morgan State, we'll talk about that um, in terms of our Thursday matchup. And then they still have a chance to go to Celebration Bowl, as many people really are not thinking about that. But they also have a chance at the FCS playoffs in terms of that. Seriously, they should be in a position to get that bid, yeah. uh, what that looks like. So with that said, let me stick with you, Brian, what are your thoughts in terms of this Delaware State, North Carolina Central Eagles matchup? How, how do I, you know, we can hope for Delaware State. I, I know people in, in uh, the Maryland, D.C. area might be rooting for Delaware State, but, you know, just concentrate on everything happening in, in that region of the country. Don't even, don't even look south to North Carolina. Just let them do what they're going to do. Um, I, I you know I don't know man Dell Del State is a team that you uh, they've been giving out candy to everybody so I I don't I don't know how I don't know how all of a sudden they're gonna shock the world <laughs> so I would just say it's great to be in North Carolina. He's saying all of a sudden they're gonna get stingy with their candy. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean you you've been giving out candy all year and now all of a sudden y'all want to play well at the end of the season anyway. Um, North Carolina Central, you got to love their options. You know, I, I think that's the big thing. And they should they should make sure they put up points. This is the game that you come back and answer and drop 50 on Dell State. It's possible. Hell, we've seen uh, a lot of teams put up a lot of points on Dell State. Do not take your foot off the gas. Yeah. All gas, no breaks. Beat them like, you know, don't even worry about the fact that you may see them in another year or that they're conference rivals. Just beat them because you need to impress the pollsters and remind the pollsters that, hey, we are a top 10 program. Nice. And, 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 you know, right now they're 14. 
you you don't want to drop because you played a close game to a one and nine program. That's the that's the thing that could get you knocked out of the playoffs. Now look, if what happens in DC happens in DC and somehow you end up winning the conference, great. Congratulations. We'll see you we'll see you in uh, Atlanta. But I, I think they gotta they gotta put their foot on the pedal and 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 really beat Dell State good. Beat them good and in, in this and just hey, Polster, we're ready. We're ready for the FCS playoffs. Is that's where we should be? You see how he slid that in there, Charles? Talking, we'll see you in eleven, Charles. <laughs> I, I'm saying, I'm saying, as an HBCU <laughs> fan, I'm, I'm working that game, so I'll be there. I, I, that's all. I, I didn't oh, my fault. My fault. I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I wasn't I, trying to slide I, I, anything. I'm like, Doc, come on, now, right. stop. I would My fault. My fault. You well, you know, Doc. To Brian's point, uh, everybody in the neighborhood. Uh, they know the house that has the best candy, and, and Delaware State has the best candy in the BX. So uh, that's uh, in fact in my in my neighborhood. Uh, everybody knows to come to the Bishop House because Wendy Bishop is gonna give out some of the best candy uh, in the neighborhood. So that's Delaware State. Delaware State, whole snicker bars. Delaware State says that Halloween they want to go get candy. They want to go trick or treat. Yeah, they get the whole snicker bars, butterfingers, the whole nine with Delaware State. So, yeah, I'm expecting for North Carolina Central coming off this L to go and make a statement against the Hornets this weekend. Hornets are the looks like they're the worst offense in the MIAC. They're also the worst defense in the MIAC. They are the candy lady this weekend. So. He said not only they giving whole bars, they're giving the king size. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you get you get chips and everything over at Delaware State. Yeah. That's wild. Well, let's get in this major division poll as we just crowd this all up. Getting into the major division, dropping out this week is Hampton Pirates. Five and five, three and four after a tough loss. They fell out as the independent program that was in the top seven, how far they had fallen. I remember at one time uh, they were up there and some people were arguing to see how far they should be up there. I also followed out as Tennessee State, six and four, two and three. I even remember one time somebody was saying they should be number one ranked. I wasn't happy. Either one. Some people had to go, Jesus. <laughs> Receiving votes this week, the Tennessee State Tigers six and four, two and three, 165 points. I wasn't going to say no day at number also oh, receiving potentially at nine, the Southern Jaguars five and five, four and three, hundred fifty-one points, and Hampton Pirates finishing five and five, three and four. Think about this: Southern Jaguars. I know it's just two and one team, but they're essentially in the top ten. They're at five and five, and that was not good enough for the coach in his second year to keep his job. You cannot lose to your rivals, no matter where you are, uh, but you certainly can't do it in Southern. Uh, when you lose, particularly when your second set of rivals just joined the conference in terms of the fam, you, you got your main one over to Jack State. They come and beat you at home like a drum. And then you go on the road to uh, your rivals over there with the Braves, and they just take it out on you. Ooh, yeah, it gets tough. Half the Pirates, five and five, and then you backdoor it with a loss uh, to Prairie View that considers themselves your rival, and you like, you don't even think about them. <laughs> <laughs> They have won two out of the last three, just to give you some more thoughts about how you might want to start thinking about that. Have they shouldn't be an afterthought anymore. Yeah, they shouldn't be an afterthought anymore. <laughs> With that being said, Charles, jump in there. What are your thoughts on top seven? Uh, juicy top seven, because look at the matchups this weekend. We got Alabama State uh, coming to Prairie View. 
uh, man, for everything on the line, we got four and uh, we got four and five with uh, Jackson State and Alcorn. This 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 top seven. This is exactly about right. This is this is how it's supposed to look here at the end of the season. And now I get the full sort of a spectrum of week to week. And now we're in that the waning weeks here, and the cream has risen to the top here as far as the top seven. So no arguments whatsoever with the top seven. Appreciate it. Brian, what are your thoughts in terms of the top seven? Major um, division, week 11. Good to see there are no rogue voters this week. Uh, <laughs> I, I tell you, man, it, it's uh, it, it's tough. But, uh, you know, it's uh, it, it's about, you know, look, I, I think everything from two to five is fair play. You know, I, I think I may have voted Jackson State a little higher, of course, Alcorn. Um, I, I, I'm not going to penalize North. I penalized North Carolina Central one one game. Uh, you know, they did go on the road, so it wasn't like it was at home. And there was all the, the hoop loss around in the game. So, it, you know, it wasn't like they they, they got beat to, to a random team. You know, they, they, they did lose to a team who, who was itching to get them. And so that's, that's what happened. And so, um, but it's – it's so hit or miss. I, I think what's interesting is there's so much middle of the road teams, you know, five and five, six and five. And then there's really a big, I was looking at this the other day. There's like six teams, seven teams that all have like just one win. I mean, it, it really, there is a, there's this big gap between bad and average. Mm. Again, bad average. And then there's like a, an upper tier. And so while I think we were, a lot of us were really putting Central and FAMU in that top tier, it, 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 we, we, th- I think this weekend, if the East does what I think the East can do, this will sort of separate tiers. I, you know, I think. Yeah, let me, let me do this, do this correct so we have it on the record. And then I'll come back to you, Charles. So hold it. Let me do the poll rundown. We didn't do it. I know y'all talked about it, but I want to show it on the screen for everybody. Just for those that can't see it, because you get the records before we go on the show so you can break it down. So at number seven, we have Prairie Bay and then Panthers that sit at five and five, five and 275 points. They were not ranked. At number six, we have the Howard Bison at five and five, three and one, with a great 50-point win over North Carolina Central, uh, 180 points. They were not ranked, so they jumped into the top seven. At number five, the Alcorn State Braves that is six and four, five and two, 191 points. They do fall a spot after getting beat by Texas Southern. They face number four, Jackson State Tigers, seven and three, five and two, 192 points, who dropped the spot being off this week. Uh, four and five is that matchup. Alabama State Hornets, as they kept winning, that win over Jackson State has jumped them over there for the vote for the voters. They are at seven and three, five and two, which sets up that three versus seven matchup that Charles talked about in Prairie View Panthers Stadium this weekend. 214 points. They drop up two spots after a win over Valley as they continue to win, winning five in a row. And number two, you have North Carolina Central Eagles. They fall from the number one spot. They're eight and two, three and one, 240 points. Some people are going to drop them further, but because of the body of work in this poll ranking, voters and the system, they just drop one spot. They do give up all first place votes, 
So not only do you have FAMU at the top of the poll ranking at 9-1 and one and 7-0, and oh, uh, they now have all 12 first-place votes. So they are unanimous number one in week number 11, 252 points, our previous being two. So that's just the total ranking that y'all were talking about for everybody to get that. Charles, what were you going to say? I agree with Brian in, in regards to tiers, but this is where I, I start really paying attention to these final weeks of the season because to me that gap is closing between that that top tier and these and these teams that are just right in the mix. I mean, I, I and that's the thing that really caught me. Not by too much surprise, especially with regards to Alcorn and Texas Southern. In fact, I was saying that Alcorn, I think, is a team that's been ascending, but they could run into some issues with regards to the Texas Southern running game. And I, and I still see the same thing going into the SWAC championship game because I have FAMU at, at, at that top tier. But any of these teams that that finish out the SWAC West can provide some issues to, to FAM. And, and that's where I think the sort of once you get into these waning weeks, the gap kind of closes a little bit. Fascinating, fascinating. Great points. Let's get into our last break, come back on the other side. We'll do these two major division matchups, and then I'm going to ask you your final thoughts on, on MEAC Top 3 and SWAC Top 3. We'll be right back after this last break. T. Madden & Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden & Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash. Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madden & Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're gonna tell you if your team, if they want a lot of So listen to Professor Yes, sir. And pay attention because he's gonna teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Charles and Brian. Let's get into it. I want to get into the independent major division game of the week first Nashville, Tennessee, Nissan Stadium. Uh, this is Tennessee Tech, the Golden Eagles, three and seven on the season, one and four. They're at number eight, the Tennessee State Tigers, six and four, two and three. Um, five Division One wins. Can they get over that hump? Get the seven total wins. A winning record just against Division One programs would be huge. Obviously, outside of the the race for the playoffs and the OVC championship after losing two in a row. But I'm fascinated to see can the program get off this losing streak after starting off in the middle of the season that went really well, where a lot of people had the excitement in terms of where they brought, they need this win to maintain that, or you really start to talk about a dud of a season after you accomplished so much with a winning season to lose three straight, uh, particularly in conference play. Charles, what are your thoughts in terms of this matchup between Tennessee Tech, Golden Eagles, and Tennessee State Tigers? Uh, last year, Tennessee State, 
uh, drop Tennessee State, uh, no issues whatsoever. Uh, 30 to 14 was the last matchup. When you take a look at what they were able to do, Draylon Ellis had a, a, a great game. And to me, to get off this losing streak, I, I've got to refine that Tennessee State defense that I thought was one of the more dominant defenses back in September and October. They've they got to find a way to close the door. They should be able to do it against uh, Tennessee Tech. Uh, great win on the road last year. You're coming back at home. You're going to finish out on a strong note. Draylon Ellis has to have a big game in this. Good stuff. Brian, remember Tennessee Tech beat up on South Carolina State. They went on the road to get that victory against the HBCU crossover to MEAC. But last year, North Carolina Central, at the end of the season before they played in the Celebration Bowl and had that uh, epic game against Jackson State in terms of the top two teams playing in that, they went on the road to Tennessee Tech and came from behind and got a last-second victory there. So you talk about uh, Charles and his momentum of saying Tennessee State got it done last year. When you put all that together, what are your thoughts in terms of this matchup? Well, I think this is a great opportunity for TSU to close the season out right. Uh, I was just looking back, uh, five wins two years ago, four wins last year. So they've already trended and turned around the program, going in the right direction. Um, this is a chance to get you at seven, you know, which is which is a good number, a uh, good number going into next year. And And I think, look, Tennessee State has done what I thought they would do back when they were, you know, what we were feeling all good about them after the Kennesaw State game. Like they had Norfolk, Lincoln, and Lindenwood, right? And we all felt like, oh, you know, that, that that's three wins that you could realistically, you know, they put four wins in a row, and then then you had to go into the last two games, and mm-hmm. we find out if you're ready for that next step, and they weren't. So, but but that's okay. Uh, so I think this is a great opportunity. Finish the season on a win. This will be a this will be a worthy adversary at this point in the year. Tennessee Tech's trying to get out of there, but you know they're gonna fight you here at the end. Um, Tennessee State's won four of the last five contests. Uh, great opportunity to to get seven wins, and uh, you know I, it's a great building block for next year. I, I promise you this: the excitement for where people preseason rank Tennessee State. They win this yeah. game. You, yeah. you watch. You watch. Tennessee State will be a top three ranked team next season. I'm calling it. I'm predicting it. People will be talking about them as one of the top three teams in the preseason going into next year. Should they go ahead and handle this game and finish with seven wins? Yeah. They finished it. I certainly would say they'll be top five, top three. Uh, I'd be interested to see how many people think that. I, I like that. The other thing is closing out the season, you get the seven wins, you squarely put yourself in a position to be in that top seven. And I really like the top seven when we talked about preseason, when we ranked and we broke it down, seven, 14, 21. That puts you at the top third. If you can find a way to get in that top seven, you're in the top third of the HBCU FCS programs. I think that's significant when you talk about training and putting yourself in a position the, to really make a run next year at a uh, conference championship to be in the top three that you talk about in uh, HBC programs that put themselves in a position to win any conference. With that being said, let's get into the big game over there. Classic-wise, classic major division game of the week takes you to Orlando, Florida, Camping World Stadium, Florida Classic. SWAT matchup now, ESPNU 230. 
Uh, number one Florida AM rallies, as we just announced on the show today, nine and one on the season seven. No, ranked and moved up to number seven, taking the spot of North Carolina Central as they were nine last week. Now they're number seven. They steady climb in the top 25 of the coaches poll FCS. They take on Bethune Cooking Wildcats that have won two in a row, training in the right direction. Talking about closing out your season, right? Three and seven, two and five. Should be interesting from that perspective. Uh, let me go to you, Charles. What are your thoughts in terms of this swag matchup between the rivals of Florida and Florida? Uh, we've seen teams give Florida AM a run for their money in a half. And then the depth of the defensive line starts taking over and dark cloud defense starts taking over and the Katie Bartador at that point. And I don't see any difference in this game. I think Phil Cookman has done a, a, a good job. They are a good, <laughs> and I got to be careful how I say it, scrappy team that gives you uh, some some issues. They can run the ball a little bit. Uh, very impressive this past week against Alabama A&M. Now 14-0, 31 straight. So they showed me some explosiveness and, and some playmaking ability. But, yeah, it's, 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 it's too much hubba-hubba this weekend. He said scrappy as if they put. <laughs> they not uh, the tall bulldogs. They All right, <laughs> they are a wildcat, exactly. <laughs> wildcat, be exact. <laughs> Brian, I'll say it for you. Set us up. What do you think about this matchup? Feeling oh. pretty good, aren't you? Hey, look, we got to thank Bethune for what they've done over these last couple of weeks because that that's helping the ticket sales. It it, it helps. It gives. <laughs> It gives Bethune-Cookman fans a reason to want to come see their team and gives them that 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 small sliver of hope. Because I think two weeks ago, folks weren't, bu- folks weren't buying tickets. I mean, you know, Bethune-Cookman fans were like, oh, I'll watch this on TV. We're going to get smoked. Now after two games and then what they did, look, they came back from 14-0. People were like, oh, we got a team that can run the ball. We got a team that's not going to quit. Hey, that's great. Well, look, let me let – me, let me just say this, okay? When y'all get down 14-0 to FAMU, there won't be no comeback. There won't there won't be <laughs> there won't be a, there won't be a dog laying down on the ground and rolling over. No, that's not gonna happen. Because <laughs> there, there, there will be a, a a snake pit of rattlers on that A. That's all I'm gonna say. Because again, this is just year three of the nine year payback that we have for Bethune Cookman. And so, look, cats have nine lives, and you got you got this is year three, year three. You got you got this one coming, and then you got six more after it before we even get back to square. And say, <laughs> when we get back to square and say, okay, this is an even matchup. Nah, yeah. nah, they you got to win two or three things in this game, not this game. You got to win two or three things in this matchup. Got to win the tailgate. You got to win the halftime. How about that? How about that? <laughs> Now, look, hey, I'm, I'm going to say uh, this was going to be controversial. This is going to be controversial. Bethune's going to come hard for the for the halftime. Oh, they, yes, they, sir. Come hard. As, as long, you know, they're not going to throw up any any ghost of uh, – uh, they're not going to throw up any ghost on the screens or not going to – they're just going to come back hard. Like So, I think that's going to be your closest contest. So, it's like if you're hanging out in the, in the aisles or wherever – you want to come back to the seats for halftime, you know. I will mm. be, I'll be paying attention to halftime, uh, but but yeah, once once we once we jump up by 21, 28 points in the first half, you know, we already. I'm watching Swag West games at that point. You know, <laughs> <laughs> this man said you better fight for uh, 
tailgate and halftime. With that being said, going to you, Charles. Mm. Introduce this Sunday, Brian and AD. Y'all can go check it out. Great discussion in terms of the sports rap show. And ultimately, the discussion came up. Who do you take in terms of the top three of the MEAC? Again, Howard, North Carolina Central, and Morgan State, or the top three in the East Division of the SWAC? FAMU, Alabama State, Jackson State. Not in any particular order, either side. Charles, who you got? Uh, the MEAC physicality, until the SWAC can prove different, I have to go to the MEAC physicality. And I like the top three teams over there in the MEAC with regards to their ability to root you out uh, from an offensive line standpoint. So until proven different, I think only FAMU has that sort of depth along the defensive line that can hold up against those top three type of MEAC offenses. Mm, a little out of the box. I appreciate that. Mm. Particularly talking about the honesty, I see you, Charles. Right? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit shocked. You came out of left field on that one, Charles. I, I did not expect that answer. I'll be honest with you, um, because as I said on Sunday, I think two out of three games would go to the uh, SWAC East, and I think the SWAC East teams have the better defenses. Um, and at the end of the day, I think that defense will separate. You know, I, I do give some good credit to uh, the, the MEAC running game. Uh, the fact that, you know, Howard has a strong running game. Uh, they do have some, you know, obviously they got good quarterback play at a couple of the schools. Um, but in terms of just defense, I, I take the defense, not only fam, I'll take Jackson State's defense. I'll take Alabama State's defense. And, and give me those boys against, uh, you know, two of the three. It, it obviously depends on what the matchups would look like, you know, so it's just a blanket statement. But, you know, I, I think in general, give me give me the swag east. I'm taking the swag east. Yeah. And I'll, I'll say this, the swag has shown flashes. I mean, Jackson State, South Carolina State, they've shown flashes. But we once we get November, December, show me something, swag. Yeah. <laughs> Fam, you if you get through that championship game, we we looking at you. We yeah. need you to hold up the new balance. With yeah. that being said, I guess the matchups would be, and my idea would be, Fam, you North Carolina Central, and I look at a Howard, uh, Alabama State. We saw that hand look in the Miac Swag Challenge a couple of years ago. People say maybe some rain, and then you have Morgan State uh, and Jackson State. I I think I'll pull. I'm going to go slightly swag, slightly swag, mm. particularly those matches. With that being said, we're time up. We we pushed it as long as we could. Thank you for listening to Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Kenyatta Kabil, the Dean of HBC Sports, coming from inside the lab in the College of HBC Sports with Mike Watson, Charles Bishop. Uh, again, we want to thank, uh, as Brian Fullfoot has joined us today, that is Brian and AD of the Sports Wrap. You can catch all these great programs on BCSN, Charles Bishop here with Mike Washington normally in terms of inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Obviously, Carlos Brown on Saturday, ONG Strike Zone, the team gets it done. They riding high, so you check them out. They're going to get you everything you need to know. The family rallies as they strive to win a SWAC championship and then head on to the celebration. 
Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Lil's Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 o'clock Central Standard Time and 9 a.m. on Sunday. We look forward to next week as we discuss the latest in the news as we give you your show on Thursday. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Inside the HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter. Inside the HBC Sports Lab on YouTube and Facebook. Dream big. Continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles? Of course. Brian? Lecture. <laughs> Dismissed.